This podcast, The Two Mats, is sponsored as ever by the New European Newspaper. And we've got a very special subscription offer for you, a new one, where you can get a free bollocks to Brexit passport cover. That's right, you heard that right, folks. It's a burgundy, like vegan leather, beautifully designed passport cover. Pleather. To, to have pleather, that's what, that's what they call it, isn't it? Pleather. To hide your um, new British blue. The shame of the, the blue shame, The shame passport. of the blue passport. And you can get your free bollocks to Brexit passport cover free with a subscription to the New European from just £1 a week. So to take this fantastic offer, and trust me, if you like this podcast, you will absolutely love the New European, go to theneweuropean.co.uk forward slash two mats. That's the number two, M-A-T-T-S, and there's a link in the show notes. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, welcome to the New European Podcast. My name is Richard Porritt and I'm joined by Steve Anglesey. Hello, Snowflakes. How are you, Steve? I'm well. How are you? I'm well as well. Yes. We, did you have a nice weekend? I had a lovely weekend. It we was, went out, didn't we? We did, we did go out. We yeah. went to see a band together. It was very exciting. Do you know what? There was a picture of us that I took. Oh, yes. A sort of selfie. I'm yeah. not sure if you're aware of it, actually. I can't remember it. And um, I was going to put it up and say, you know, podcast night out. Yeah, yeah. But then I thought, oh, we didn't invite Jerry. <laughs> so I didn't do that, but she'll find out. But she's coming along later on, isn't she? She will be here later on. So we'll do the news now, as always. Jerry's going to talk to us about the existential crisis facing the Tory party. Good. Uh, and then we will create on a Brexiteer of the Week. We certainly will. It's been an incredible week. We'll get to the fun bit at the end. I think it's fun anyway. I'm loving this. But... Um, Let's first of all talk about Labour, a little bit more depressing than, uh, well, more depression from Labour, frankly. Fudge, fudge and more fudge. Yes. Um, I guess it's being presented by people who don't want a confirmatory referendum uh, as a step towards a confirmatory referendum. Yeah. And um, people uh, like Tom Watson and Keir Starmer are keeping their counsel, aren't they? So, the, the, uh, basically, the, uh, there was a proposal to commit the party, wasn't it, to a confirmatory referendum yes. on Brexit. That proposal was defeated after a marathon meeting. Yeah. Uh, it'd be good if they actually did the NEC during a marathon. Or they just ate a lot of marathon Snickers now. Snickers. Oh, is we now. are showing our age. We are, yeah. Do you remember when they first... When they, st- when they stopped calling them marathons yes. and they turned them into Snickers and they had like an ad campaign say, oh, yeah. say, introducing Snickers and people would go in to a shop, basically say, I worked and say, 
can I have a Snickers? That's right. And this this chap went into a shop and said, can I have, um, have you got any Snickers? And the man sort of came around the counter and went, no, it's just the way I walk. Well, that, I guess that was why we didn't call it Snickers <laughs> in the first place, did we? Because Snickers isn't really an American thing. No. Um, is it and um, and you know it is it, it is a big thing to us and, and you know if you grew up in the 1970s and 80s like I did Knickers yeah. was pretty much a punchline of almost every light entertainment programme absolutely wasn't it? absolutely and um, funny yeah well Knickers are funny Knickers were, fu- were funny then yeah Knickers are funny yeah, yeah, like yeah. the funny rhyme from my childhood what's the time it's ten to nine Hang your knickers on the line. There you go. When they're done, bring them oh, in and put them in a biscuit tin. Eat a biscuit, eat a cake, eat your knickers by mistake. Brilliant. Can't tell me that's not funny. And when did you learn that? University. Uh, <laughs> Cambridge. <laughs> yes, that, <laughs> that um, politics, uh, politics... Yeah, PPE. PPE Very course. Yeah. yeah, that's what I learned. And, but I didn't put anything in a pig. Yes. So that's good. That was uh, at least passed on that score. I've got. I'm just. I'm a bit distracted because I've bought one of those chili bottles. I can see. Yeah, I can see um, you playing with it. Which is other other bottles are available. Not just that one because they now aren't going to sponsor the TNE podcast. Um, but the yeah. Well, we can talk about another potential sponsor in a, in oh, a yes, second I'm because I've got, yeah, I've got big news. I've got big big news. This is really fun. But um, but I've just realised that when I've sort of been talking and I'm drinker from my chilies bottle which if you don't know is a sort of insulated water bottle it's not a vacuum is it, it? it's favored favored by the functioning alcoholic yeah well, it, could be. <laughs> it could be full of gin but it's actually full of water because i do drink a lot of water during that. but it reminds me of um when dennis poor old dennis potter appeared in his sort of valedictory <laughs> performances and he was swigging from that flask of morphine yeah um, is that, I mean that it's, yeah. no, it's water. Uh, it, it is water. You keep telling us it's water, but when anyone else tries to have a drink, you will run the length of the office from, and snatch uh, it off. Them. Well, listen, we both worked in Fleet Street, and oh, I'm God. sure we both know stories Absolutely. of. I, I have, I have actually witnessed somebody take a swig off uh, out of somebody's yeah. bottle of Coca Cola that he had on his on his desk. That and wasn't. It, it turned out to be a, a rum and coke yeah. uh, with not much coke so, in it. You see, that's why I just drink cans of beer at my desk because no one's ever going to confuse use it for water yeah, cool, yeah. Are they? yeah and also you know I've heard that story about three or four different newspapers um, oh every yeah yeah it's very sad actually we well it is really, it is sad I shouldn't yeah. make light of it and it's certainly not the case here at the New European no of course not um, back um, to the NEC and their marathon well, meeting it's just this is go on well this was their meeting to finalise their um, European election manifesto yes and a lot of the you know remainers and, and people who think we're going down the wrong path uh, yes. He sort of saw this as an opportunity for for Labour to take a more positive stance on mm. on Brexit towards a second referendum. But you know, why do we let ourselves get drawn into this hope that Labour might do the right thing? Because all they've ever done yes. since Corbyn took over is the wrong thing. Well, that is that is true, and it is the hope that kills you, as they say about football. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the I think we allow ourselves to get drawn into it time and time again. Uh, because we one because we have seen that people like uh, well Tom Watson, Keir Starmer fighting the good fight from from uh, day one. But I think we have seen you know people like John McDonnell have moved yeah. firmly from yeah. one camp into you know there, there probably is going to have to be a vote. There is going to be uh, there needs to be a, a vote. So I think that's one thing that we can see some movement. 
But the main reason is because we know that unless Labour unequivocally supports one of these confirmatory votes mm. or, a, or a, you know, a people's vote, second referendum, whatever you want to uh, call it, then I don't think, that, you know, the parliamentary arithmetic means that it won't get through the Commons and Labour have to decide. Now, that, that's, that's just, you know, that's, that's for, for Parliament. I actually think, I mean, I think this is a really bad thing for Labour as well. Um, I think it's, you know, it, it needs to be accepted by Jeremy Corbyn, Seamus Mill, uh, uh, people like that, people who are, you know, firmly in this camp, Rebecca Long-Bailey, that Labour are, and people like Owen Jones who are saying something similar to this, but the other way around. People like Owen Jones are saying this, this, these European elections are going to be a disaster. Nigel Farage is going to win, is going to win because you hardcore Remainers, or whatever he called them the other day, Owen mm. Jones, um, unrealistic Remainers, aren't going to vote Labour. And that is absolutely right. Nigel mm. Farage is yeah. going to yeah, win yeah, this, yeah. Th yeah. this election. The Brexit Party is going to win this election, and it is going to be because Labour are sitting on the fence. And I'll tell you why people are sick of this, and uh, you, you at home listening to this are sick of Labour's stance, yeah. and it is because, like me, many of you voted Labour last time, despite the worries about Brexit and uh, anti-Semitism and stuff like that, we voted Labour in the general election because no matter what it said in the Labour manifesto, we viewed Labour as the best possible hope of avoiding a hard Brexit or any Brexit at all, yeah. um, and, and Labour being a step to remain. And what we've been told in the intervening time from people like Rebecca Long-Bailey, Barry Gardner, Len McCluskey, Jeremy Corbyn and numerous figures on the Leave side, is that we all voted, because it said we respect the referendum in the Labour manifesto, we all voted for Brexit. Mm. No, we didn't. Mm. I didn't vote for yeah. Brexit. Yeah. And people are not going to give Labour and the Leavers that get-out this time. They're not going to do it. And they're going to vote in the way that they believe. I absolutely agree with you. A couple of points I'd like to... To make that, firstly, I'd 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 love to know what Owen Jones has been saying about this, but he's blocked me on Twitter, so I can't. Yes, I don't know why. If he listens to this, Paul Owen, reach out because I think it might have been a mistake. Reach out and touch me. I think it might have been a mistake. You just don't like me. I don't know why. Well, I, don't know. I, don't, I don't I don't remember ever doing anything me. I've got you know Owen I've got Jones. more regard for Owen Jones as a as a writer than a lot of people me. who work for the New <laughs> European. You, you, yes, you included. <laughs> But I, you know, I don't. I don't find his idea that you know Labour have done so much that they're worthy of our support, and that everybody who doesn't vote Labour is is enabling the Tories or no. Nigel Farage. No. You know no. that that seems to me to be a ridiculous. But. And the second point I'd like to make is on Tom Watson because he's had he's had a bit of a flouncy week, hasn't he? Who? Tom Watson. Tom Watson, yeah. Because well, he, 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 yeah, he sort of threw his, and frankly, threw his toys out of the yeah, pram, he did, didn't he? Yeah. Stormed out of the Shadow Cabinet meeting. Um, that was supposedly, he was told that he, he wouldn't be shown the proposed wording of the, wording of the manifesto commitment. Yes. So off he went mm. for him. And then I think did a pretty similar thing during the NEC as well, I'm told. Yes. Certainly wasn't, certainly wasn't very, very happy. Um, he on leaving that meeting, he said, uh, "We're publishing our European manifesto early next week. You can ask me as many questions as you want, but you'll have to wait till next week." Yeah. Um, he, he insisted there'd been no rancor at all. No. 
What did they call that big monster in Return of the Jedi? Oh, was he? A, he wasn't a. He was a sort of a rancor, wasn't he? Is that what they were called? The, yeah, they called a like that. I don't know. Because somebody, somebody will tell us, won't they? I'm sure they will, will on, tweet and on, tell us on Twitter. If, if it's Owen Jones, I'm not going to see it. But if it's uh, if it's someone else, yeah, of course, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so so at least he is still fighting. At least he is kicking back against this. At least he's not just falling into line. At least there is someone there. Um, you know, speaking up for, for for the likes of me and you and the listeners. Yes, exactly. Do you um, think there was some discussion um, on Twitter this week? In fact, it was a conversation between our editor Matt Kelly and, and a longtime um, US expert in the new European poll. Can you about whether Kia would stand down because of this? Yeah, I, I find that really, really but, hard to believe. Yeah, don't you? Well, if he's gone, that he would he's gone this far. UK. Yeah. If he's gone this far, I think it's unlikely that he's going to do that. But what can he do now? I mean, it, are all Kia's options over? I mean, has he used up everything he can? Uh, yeah. Well, I think that the well, look, I think that the idea that Labour might get taught a lesson at the um, at the European elections over this might move. You know, it, this might move things in his direction. Mm. If Labour performs badly. And you know they're on twenty one percent in the in the the last polls, which is obviously uh, what is that? That's three and a half percent down on the European elections in twenty fourteen. But it's nineteen points down on the general election. Yeah, yeah. I think you know twenty one twenty two percent less than last time would be a really bad performance yeah, for Labour. Absolutely, um, it would be it would be a terrible performance, and maybe that would be enough. Um, to, um, to to shift the plates. I've got issues... Um, but again, we're saying, hopefully that will shift the plates. You know, yeah. I think we've we just got to be realistic about this. The hope that kills you. There's, exactly. And there's a letter in this week's New European, um, which, you know, some uh, print edition, which some readers might pers- find persuasive, for somebody's, somebody who's saying, Labour are never going to support a second referendum uh, well, Jeremy Corbyn is the leader, you know, unequivocally, yes, and I, we should I, just and we should just forget about yeah, it. Yeah, I think that's probably and, true. And, and move on. Labour, and, and, a Labour spokesman said after the um, when asked about whether when the manifesto would be published, that it would be published soon, and added, Labour is the only party which represents both people who supported Leave and Remain. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I don't really understand that. Uh, we're working to bring the country together after the chaos and crisis. Created by the Tories, I think there's quite a lot of chaos around Labour, and that's been since Mr. Corbyn uh, took took uh, the top job. Yeah, um, but there we go. Um, let's move on then to the I, talks. Well, I would also oh, say, you've got I would point. also say, you put your hand up look, when you've got a point. Don't be don't be too alarmed by when you see the Brexit party with thirty percent in the polls as they were in the yeah. Um, uh, as they were in the last YouGov, which um, which I think was taken at, at the start of this week, um, you know, last time UKIP got twenty seven and a half percent of the poll. Yeah, um, and the, it's these type of elections that people it, it, come exactly out and extremists vote for extremists. It, it is, and you know, UKIP and the, the the rump of UKIP are getting four percent in these things. So it's it's thirty four percent for a hard Brexit. Yeah, that is that is the hard, that is. About what the support that hard, you know, it'd be foolish for us to say no one in Britain supports a hard Absolutely. Brexit. Yeah, they yeah. do, yeah. but we just know, know better. 
Yes, exactly. <laughs> but we know better. But there are 34% of people who support a hard Brexit, and, you know, the arithmetic, it's nearly twice as many, isn't it, who, who, of us, who do not support a hard Brexit. Yeah. Um, so, so don't be too disheartened by that. And, um, and, you know, I mean, I would just say to people, and we can talk about this again, can't we, because the European elections are still some time away, but you've got to be positive about this. This is a chance for you to vote for what you believe in. You know, it's a, it's a very rare chance for you to actually vote for what you believe in. And, and when I see, you know, the Lib Dems are on 10%, Green Green 9%, Change UK on 9%, you know, 9% for Change UK is... is, is Not a bad start. It's a, it's a decent start. You could say the Brexit Party had nothing two months ago, but really, they you know, they had the, they inherited the 27.5% of UK. And I've sent Jerry off on a little assignment... Oh yeah, um, secret assignment. It's, it's not secret. I'm going to tell everyone. Um, it's not. It's not secret. I'm going to tell everyone. Go on. Um, but the, I've sent her off. You can probably hear her in the background. Yeah, <laughs> dashing off. Out yeah, there. yeah, yeah. To to track down Heidi and Anna. Okay. So um, would it be nice to have a chat to them? I think. Great. Yes. So she's Good. going to go and do that. Excellent. But that won't be this week. No. Or maybe even next week, or even ever. Oh, well, we'll but see. I have told her, Good. so we will judge her as a group collectively on her failure or success. Great. Um, moving on from that, of course, Theresa May doesn't want these elections to happen. No, she doesn't. No, and she still seems to think that they might not. No, she, that's right. Or she, or she thinks that they might happen, but we will be able to find a, a way through by the end, and we'll cancel it before we come to take up our seats, which that, is in October, isn't it? I think so. And that is all dependent, of course, on the talks that Labour are having yes. with the Tories. David Liddington uh, told Cabinet at the beginning of the week that the talks were serious and constructive. Yes. Um, which is better than not serious and not constructive. Not constructive, no, that is <laughs> true. I, I yeah. think that's, that's as far as I can go with that. Yeah. Um, Official spokesman for the PM said further talks will now be scheduled in order to bring the process toward a conclusion. Yes. Uh, but and then Theresa May said in um, in the House, she told MPs uh, that she hopes a deal can be done. Well, Theresa, if we've learnt nothing on this pod in the last fifteen twenty minutes, um, we, what we have learned is that it's the hope that will kill you. Yes. Um, so she hopes that Labour can find a consensus uh, with the Tories on the Brexit deal and it can command a majority in Parliament. I think there was an interesting interview with um, Shadow Business Secretary, or as I like to call her, Showbiz Secretary, Rebecca Long-Bailey, and she said that, uh, I think it was on the Today programme, I certainly heard it somewhere earlier in the week, she said that pragmatically ministers might, simply might have to move towards Labour's position on a customs union yes. um, if the deadlock is going to succeed. Uh, and Michael Gove, of course, one of the leaders of the Leave campaign, um, he, he said it would be better to accept the unpalatable outcome of a deal with Labour than the disastrous outcome of a Brexit not happening at all. Uh, are, we, are, we, are we choosing, is, as a country, are we choosing between unpalatable and disastrous? Yes, exactly. That's, that's exactly what we are doing. Um, and uh, it, it's remarkable, isn't it? But you know, there's there's a suggestion now, isn't there, that this is this. I think that there's a suggestion that this is all going to break down well, I because mean, of this 
difference between goods and services. Yeah. I think the government think that they can um, that they can probably go along and drag enough people along if there is, you know, they'll never call it a customs union, will they? No. But they will call it a customs arrangement about goods. Yeah, um, yeah. But they will not go for a customs arrangement that is about services. So do you think Labour, on the on, get, just getting away from the, the, the actual ins and outs of what they're trying to agree, I think Labour have, have just started to maybe run the pressure up a little bit on the government. A, a Labour source um, said that Labour's negotiators had seen clear evidence that the government is prepared, prepared to explore shifts in its position. Do you think they've seen a, a door that's ajar and they're trying to kick it yeah, kick I think it wide open. I think there probably are. I think there's. I think there's a lot of. Um, I think there's a lot of um, desperation on the government side to come out of this with something, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, and, exactly. And, yeah. Um, but I also think that you know the government are. The government are rightly worried, aren't they? That you know what happens if there are amendments put onto whatever they decide that they can't go along with. I think the other, you know, the other question is: What if a deal comes to the Commons, but the amendments are put on it that you know either Labour or the Conservatives don't agree with? Mm. This could be, you know, whatever proposal they do come up with could be substantially changed, couldn't it? Yeah. Um, so, you know, there is a space, but I, I just, I find it hard. Look, there, are, there and also there are about 170 people, aren't there? There are 170 MPs yeah. who are never going to vote for whatever. Quite, happens. Quite. There are a hundred hardcore Brexiteers. There are seventy hardcore Remainers who are not going to go along with this. Mm, mm. So the the arithmetic is really really difficult. Yes, it is. It's tough. It's very tough. Um, I, I, you know, <laughs> as Theresa May would say, very little has changed, and indeed nothing has changed on that score. Um, I, I said earlier she told the House because she didn't. It was the Commons Liaison Committee that she was talking to about this. Um, but depressing again that we that that no hang on fuck it now oh, this was a mistake wasn't it um, well we'll mind. see we'll see it might not pick it up but let's just see how we go just carry on now not much we can do uh, but depressing again that nobody is saying these are the right these are the the, the bare bones of the deal and we're going to part of the deal is that it's going to go to, back to the people for them mm, to, mm, to mm. confirm because we recognise that nobody thought that this arrangement was the arrangement that they were voting for yeah quite quite listen as I as I left the office yes um, on Wednesday night on Wednesday night you had the I, tear in your T was in the E wasn't it that's very sad. Well, I got I got into I got into sat down in my car. Yeah. I had to ring my dear mother because she's been very poorly, my mum. Oh, has she? Yeah, she's fine. She's yeah. fine. But I had to, I was going to give her a little ring. I often ring her just as I'm driving driving home, and uh, just see if she was all right. Yeah. And then something exciting happened. I still not rung her. Oh, you've not rung her? Oh well, sod it. Something far more interesting has happened. My email pings. Yeah. And what is it? Ministerial announcement. <laughs> It's I exciting, thought, wasn't it? Oh, some boring PPS has yeah, you know, yeah. gone off to do something and some MP you've never heard of from Chichester or something will stand in. That's what it usually is. No. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. No, no. sir. Oh, oh what, what an email it was. Um, and it, it, of course, announced the... Um, in fact, you know what? I'll, just, I'll read the email. I don't know if this is protocol or not. 
Uh, the first thing, simply the first thing I, I saw was the Prime Minister is this evening asked Gavin Williamson to leave the government. Yeah, it's amazing. What? Isn't it? What? I was immediately on the phone to the news desk. I was. I, I, they cut into the PM programmes. It was terribly exciting. Why? Could, how could this happen? Gavin Williamson, previously supportive of the PM, although he's been yes. jostling for position a little bit. He's got a spider. Yes, I he know. likes fireplaces. He does. What could possibly have gone wrong? It's incredible, isn't it? It's all to do with a Chinese mobile phone. Yes, it is. Huawei. Is that how you say it? Huawei. 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 Do you know what? I'm Huawei. So excited was I buy this, but look look who I followed on Twitter. Huawei. Huawei. Huawei facts. Yeah. This is the and it's got a blue tick and everything, so it must be it must be real. I don't know. The official truth. The and official facts truth and facts about Huawei. Yeah. Huawei. Um, and some of the some Doesn't of the tweets there, I'll just read some out. There's, there's been 395 official Huawei, Huawei facts, facts, yeah, um, and, and and official truth, yeah, the official approved truth. This is the official approved truth. <laughs> I'm very wary of anything that says the, this is the official truth oh, on, yeah. that is on Twitter. Yeah, Vodafone says they have no evidence of Huawei. I can't say. I'm just Huawei. Gonna, Huawei having any unauthorised access to the carrier's fixed-line network in Italy. Really? Yeah. It's good stuff, isn't it? Huawei, Huawei Canada security chief champions transparency in dealing with the Canadian government. And there's a picture of some red and white balloons in the Excellent. mountain. Excellent. So in no way does that read like it was written by an agent of the Chinese government. It is the official truth. About Huawei. Um Official truth. Uh, win-win ecosystem Huawei launch of SiteCloud in the Russian market. Mm-hmm. Is win-win oh. ecosystem a, not a, <laughs> is that not a Japanese soccer team? I think I support them, win-win ecosystem. <laughs> They're my team in the J-League. Quite um, possibly. Yeah. So, basically, just as a recap, because I know some of you come to this podcast for your weekly news, yeah. Gavin Williamson, the now former... Defence Secretary, who I don't know if he's in a good job or not. by your neck beard now. You've got quite a bit of neck beard going on. Oh, yeah. Well, I get told off for this. Do you? Yeah. Curse. Curse. <laughs> so I'll sort that out. I'll okay, go away and yeah. sort that out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Gavin Williamson um, was the Defence Secretary. I'm not sure if he's in a good job or not. Really, he wanted to sail. He wanted to sail warships on China, didn't he? Well, he did. Yeah. But, um, he wanted to sail them <laughs> up to Beijing, didn't he? Um, he wanted to send Queen Elizabeth, didn't he? The, the yeah. not the lady, the aircraft carrier <laughs> to the Pacific. You, you, is, the, is the Queen? Is the Queen there? It's Gavin Williams. Mobilise the Queen. <laughs> oh, they used to, the Royals used to ride in on horseback. Well, they did. Yeah. Maybe he's been watching that Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones yeah. Don't worry, no spoilers. No. But there is a lady on that. I can is never. There? I've watched this, and I've. I've I'm really it. rubbish with the names. There's a lady on there who rides a dragon. Yeah, oh yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah. So maybe he was thinking the Queen. Obviously, dragons aren't real. And she's going out with a cousin. Yeah, I think isn't it her uncle like that, or nephew? Yes, a nephew. I think it's a nephew. Ooh. Hey, these things happen. <laughs> It's based on the War of the Roses, you know, in the north of England. I can say that I'm from the north of England and so are you. You are. And you also did marry your uncle. Yes, I am married to him. Anyway, back to Gavin Williamson. He, uh, yes, he's been sacked because supposedly he, well, he's been accused, he's denied it, we'll get to that, leaking 
um, some, some detail from the National Security Council meeting uh, about Huawei. Yeah. Have I nailed it? Have I got it right? Huawei, Huawei. yeah. Um, on, uh, uh, earlier in the week to, to the press. I think it was to the Telegraph, in fact. Um, let, let me read the letter because it's a cracker. Usually you just get, very sorry to lose you. Thanks for your hard oh, it's work. Really- Thank you for your time this evening. That was an interesting meeting. Yeah, by the fireplace. <laughs> do, you reckon, do you reckon Phil like stands with his arms folded by the fireplace yes, when, exactly. when Gavin comes up? Yeah. We discussed the investigation into the unauthorised disclosure of information from the National Security Council meeting on the 23rd of April. This is an extremely serious matter and a deeply disappointing one. It is vital for the operation of good government and for the UK's national interest in some of the most sensitive and important areas that the members of the NSC, from our armed forces, our security intelligence agencies and the most senior level of government, are able to have frank and detailed discussions in full confidence that the advice and analysis provided is not disclosed sorry, it's not discussed or divulged beyond that trusted environment. Mm. Do, do you agree with that? Well, Yes, it's extremely serious. Okay, that's enough. I'll yeah. just, I'll, I'll just want to carry on. I'm just going to get. It does your... read like a bit like a, a headmaster's letter. Oh, doesn't she's it? very matronly, though, isn't she? Yeah. That is why I commissioned. This is Theresa May again, by the way, not me. I haven't commissioned anything. No, don't you? That, don't you commission? I'm, I'm not allowed to commission. That is why I commissioned the cabinet secretary to establish an investigation into the unprecedented leak from the meeting last week, and why I expected everyone connected to it, ministers and officials alike, to comply with it fully. You undertook to do so. I am therefore concerned by the manner in which you have engaged with this investigation. What do you reckon he was doing? Just not, not telling? Well... Did you leak it? Not telling? Not telling, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. So what if I did? I've got my barley's on. <laughs> um, putting on his parts. Yeah, he's putting on his parts, as they say in this uh, part of the world. Supposedly. Um, Your conduct, she added, has not oh, been yeah. of the same standard as the others. Yes. He's been naughty, hasn't he? Well... He has been naughty, or he knows the identity of somebody who right. has been naughty. Well, if he knows the identity of somebody who's been naughty and he's not revealing it, then I think, oh, fine. He's, if sworn, he... on the, he's sworn on the life of his children. Yeah, not Kronos, he? though. Well, not his spider. Yeah. Not his spider. The children are dispensable. I'm not sure that any minister, or former minister, or indeed serious politician, should ever swear on their life of their children. They didn't no. do something. It's a bit like, I really didn't do it, I swear, I swear. Yes. I mean, he I didn't mean, swear on the life of his children that nobody that he knows has done it. No, he he said that he thought that nobody else. He was confident that nobody that he knew had done it. So someone's leaked it. I'm. I am a fan of leakage. Well, there are good leaks and bad leaks, aren't there? So that's my next question: Is this a good leak? If the defence secretary is that concerned about Huawei being involved in our five G technology. Shouldn't we all be concerned about that? Or does he just want to be Prime Minister? Well, there are are, the answers to those things are yes and yes, aren't they? (laughs) Um, Because because it is it was brilliant to see um, Gavin Williamson saying that this was all politically motivated and part of a plot to uh, destabilise him. When you know, I mean, Gavin Williamson is notorious as one of the biggest leakers in in uh, in Westminster, isn't he? Yeah, and he Um, also is very happy and open about the fact that he plays politics. Yes, of course. I mean, the the wonderful speech which I've spoken about on this pod. I mean, I'm not saying I agreed with it, but it's a well delivered speech um, at party conference two years ago, just before the old coffin fit. Oh yes, was brilliant. 
uh, comma sharpened carrots. Sharpened carrots, yeah. And do you know what? Very good line, that, I thought. People, people, the military, I think, quite liked him. Yeah. The reason was because he kept going, give us more money. I mean, it was, yeah. it was very... I mean, well, I think, the, a, the, I mean, from what we're told, the rank and file in the military liked him, but the, the, the bosses of the military thought he was a bit of a... So one senior jackass. military official um, said... Let's call him Captain Mannering. Captain Mannering said that there had been significant surprises inside the MOD. Um, he uh, praised Miss Williamson, uh, said that he had been hugely positive. His legacy will be more money for defence and more headlines... Unfortunately, not always good ones. Right. Uh, that sounds like something that had been leaked by Gavin Williamson, yeah. to be fair. Yeah, I am, But, you know, I do share the concerns of Gavin Williamson and all the others who were sort of called in, weren't they? Liam Fox. Yeah. Penny Morden, who's got his job, yeah, got his was job. suspected of, of, of being... Um, you know, everybody who spoke up against this basically in, in cabinet was, was asked about it, weren't mm. they? Mm. Um, and I'm, I'm very worried about... Huawei, it seems very closely connected to the Chinese government or to a a wing of the Chinese government. Let's just at that point go back to Huawei facts. Huawei facts. Which you can follow on Twitter. And they've just tweeted, we are not very closely connected to the Chinese government. We we don't even like the Chinese government. So... I mean, that's... They've also just... I can say they've also just tweeted, we're not spying on you, but can you get rid of your neck beard? <laughs> what is, what's that one about? That's incredible. Yeah. Anyway. I'm, I've got an iPhone. If Huawei are listening, yeah. well, actually, Huawei are listening, <laughs> would you like to sponsor the pod? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you they, they you could change this coverage in yeah, one you, fell swoop. Exactly. You could actually edit it for us before it goes out to <laughs> contain more positive this, messages this time next week. about China <laughs> and Huawei. Welcome to the New European Podcast brought to you by the brilliant... <laughs> And not connected to the Chinese government, Huawei. Yeah, yeah. They're a bit suspicious, aren't they? I'm very dubious about about them, and simply going, well, they're only going to do like the hardware bit. I mean, I just yeah, I know. I I I know, but you can't leak things that come if you're if you're a member of the cabinet. You cannot leak. No, what you should have done. What you should have done. Or authorize somebody to leak. (coughs) What you should have done. Um, and it would he would have put he would have put himself in good status. He could have still been there when Theresa May, and he still might be. But he would have come out of it much better. He's gone. I cannot carry on as the defence yes. minister. What with this deal on the table, I am therefore standing down so I can voice my disapproval. Yes. Well, she did give him <coughs> an option to resign, didn't she? Um, at which he could have said all of those things. I think it's best for me uh, to do that. Um, but I just think, you know... I think because we already knew about the leak investigation, though, I mean, you should have just done it straight away. Yeah, exactly. But is he really a serious figure, Gavin Williamson? Is he the serious figure that he no, clearly thinks he is? No, I don't think so. Um, I, I, I like him because he's a character and he's fun, but I don't think he... No. I mean, we've got some of his we've got some of his ideas here. Go on, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we, you, obviously, we mentioned the idea that he was going to deploy the aircraft carrier Queen Elizabeth to the Pacific um, for no apparent reason. Well, we'd, you know, to maybe drop bombs on Huawei factories. Well, exactly, and and that was it, and that meant that Philip Hammond had set up a lovely yeah. state visit and a trade visit to Beijing, and he had to can- it was then cancelled by the Chinese. And people said, has he done that just to get at Philip Hammond because Philip Hammond is a Remainer and he's a Brexiteer? Well, maybe. Um, 
but he's done some... And also, remember when he said that we should start deploying soldiers on the streets to stop knife crime? Yes. Um, yeah, but that's... I mean... You know, he wanted to he wanted his own medal, didn't he? He wanted to set up a new medal. The Williamson Medal of the Valor. The Kronos Medal of Valor. <laughs> um, imagine a little spider. If a spider came... Right. If they trained his spider to come and pin the little medal on you, that would be brilliant. That would be good. But then there, were, <laughs> then there were some... Some things that were, you know, even more alarming. He said that we would have, um, we would buy a lot of mobile missile defence systems, and then we would put them on Coca-Cola lorries, mm. the back of Coca-Cola, mm. to save money. Yes, good idea. He said we would uh, mount. <laughs> Wait a minute, missile defence systems. Yes, on a the back of Coca-Cola. Exactly. coming. <laughs> Just at Christmas time. <laughs> Uh, the season. That would be good. We would um, we would buy old commercial ferries and turn them into beach assault craft. <laughs> be a, quite a big beach, wouldn't it? Quite a large beach you're talking about. Definitely there. see you coming. Yeah, I would have thought so. <laughs> Especially when Agadoo was coming off it. The drunk people cocktail hour. Exactly. <laughs> There's almost a giant slide on the water slide on the top. Um, Sounds like Jonathan Wilkes or something. <laughs> in a box Jane McDonald. Jane McDonald. He's singing Don't Cry For Me, Argentina. And, um, yes. And, um, I mean, the other good ones were he, um, he said that. Um, he said that if we saw Spanish ships trespassing in Gibraltar's waters, yeah. then our ship should paintball them. Uh, and my favourite, be- just because it contains a quote, a direct quote... Well, can we just stop and go back? Do, do we do, are, we, do, are we doing sea-based paintball, or do we ring them and go, right, this we'll see it, you yeah. down a wood? Yeah, we're going to paintball them from... from yeah, we're going to... People uh, essentially, just, we're going to be firing on our uh, EU partners, the Spanish ships. Do you know what? The, this is, but the, but this is an, but this is an interesting point, and I think we should delve a little bit deeper into this because if all armed conflict was done with paintball guns, yes, a lot less people would be dead. Yes. So maybe Williamson is onto something. In fact, maybe missiles should just be big barrels of paint. Yes. What do you think? Well, that would be good. Yeah, I mean, imagine if the song and stuff like that. It all that tragedy would have been a lot. Yeah, would have been a lot more fun. A lot more fun. Yeah. Go on. Uh, what's the last one? And then the last one is just because I love this because it contains a direct quote from a report, and it, it said we should mount really expensive guns on tractors. Really expensive guns. Really expensive. Not guns. spud guns. Yeah. <laughs> quote. Really expensive guns. <laughs> Contract. He's really got under the skin of this. He's he's owning his brief. It is good, and of course he's a Brexiteer as well, isn't he, Gavin Williamson? And one of the um, when he became defence secretary, he he made a speech about how he loved, much he loved Brexit. Yeah, and he said in a post-Brexit world, well, I've talked about this before, mm. but you might remember it. He mm. said in a post-Brexit world, the only limit will be our imagination. And I thought, well, that's a good line. I wonder where that's come from. Yes. Has it come from the imagination of Gavin Williamson? So I did a bit of research, and it's been used... Um, if it sounds familiar, it's because it's been used in promotional material for Lego and for Kinex, 
which is like O's rival. I've just done a little drawing. Oh yeah, that's good. So I yeah. do drawings on the pod. They work really well on the pod. I'm yeah, told. it's excellent. That. So you can, you can see it's Gavin Williamson in the same way wearing something. He's wearing head. something in the same way that he wanted to mount a really expensive gun on a tractor. You mounted, mounted a penis a on his head. Crude, <laughs> a crude depiction of a penis on his head. That's not crude. Excellent. I, well, I drew fairly, round one. It is fairly crude. <laughs> Right, well, I think that is about it for the news. Would it you like is. to add anything, Steve, before I cut you off? Well, who? Oh, the only thing that I would like to add is who made I'm Gavin Williamson the Defence Secretary? <laughs> and whose protégé was he? And who, who, who said, you know, who believed that he was the Rottweiler that she needed after she had to sack Nick Timothy and Fiona Hall? Again, it is Theresa May. Well, it's a yet more evidence of the abysmal personal judgment of Theresa May. Quite. And Gavin, we will. You've got a little bit more time now to show up in some carrots. Stay angry. Fight Brexit. Subscribe to the New European. Your first thirteen issues of the New European are only thirteen pounds when you join us and become a subscriber. Order by telephone by calling zero one eight five eight four three eight eight four zero and quoting podcast one. Or order online at our website, www.neweuropean.co.uk. Stay angry. Fight Brexit. Subscribe to The New European. Welcome back. I'm joined by Jerry. Jerry, how are you? Yeah, pretty exhausted. Why are you exhausted? There's loads going on, isn't there? Is there? Yeah, well, we had that big break, didn't we? Theresa May had a lovely wander in the mountains. Uh-huh. And uh, now we're straight back at it with uh, with Gusto. With gusto. Fine. What did you think? As soon as you're here, um, Jerry hears them every week, pretty much. Um, what do you think about Gavin Williamson? Before Interesting, we isn't it? I yeah. mean, swearing on your kids' lives is a... Well, we were just talking about this, and I think he's kind of a big playground, though, isn't it? Yeah, kind of cross my heart, hope, die I wondered, if, I wondered if he was going to tell us that he, we weren't allowed to come to his party. <laughs> he's <laughs> everywhere, isn't he? He's kind of briefing left, right and centre. Or he's getting going to get us done. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it is, it is um, symptomatic, though, of what we actually... The overarching topic of this conversation, mm-hmm. the existential crisis of the Tories. We've got Farage on the rise, yep. chaos in Cabinet, yep. a grassroots that doesn't really know who to back. Yeah. Tell us more. Well, yeah, we're kind of used to leaks from Cabinet now, aren't we? But that's still a fairly, you know, non-expected thing. Mm. You know, if you look back maybe 10, 20 years, yeah. you weren't getting this kind of information. You've about five years. Well, less, absolutely. Actually, even just before Brexit. Yeah, and you might get a, you know, a sniff of what happened or kind of, you know, the feel of the room. But mm-hmm. You wouldn't get... What you get now is, you know, seven people vote for this mm-hmm. and so-and-so people vote for this and this is exactly what was said. And mm-hmm. you, you could almost be in the room a mm-hmm. lot of the time. Could, could you shout that for next week? Yes, I will. Yeah, I'll be there. Um... <laughs> So, do you know what? The amount of ministers she's going through, you never, you never know. You might well be called up to cabinet. I'm pretty well informed at yeah. most points. No, but I mean, you may actually be called up to become a minister. Like of state. A, yeah. Which one would you be? But if I could pick any minister, yeah. the actual person or the job? No, the job. All oh, right, because it would have been easy the other way around. Um, if I could do any, if I could, oh well, good, foreign office could travel. Yeah. Um, I'd probably go for that. Or, yeah. or culture, yeah. go, go the opera. I quite like the sound of defence. I reckon that'd be well good fun. Well, Penny's in there. She's got it. She Back off. Yeah. Well, so yeah, when you're talking about leaks, yeah, this Gavin Williamson leak was 
alleged gambler is Malik. He sworn on his kid's life it wasn't him. He hasn't sworn on his kid's life it wasn't anyone else. No. <laughs> um, it, it is pretty unprecedented from the National Security Council, isn't it? It's well, you don't it, get it. I mean, I can understand the. Um, I can understand the. Re- reasons behind the anger that it came out from that particular committee, but on the other hand, it was going to be announced publicly. Yes, but you kind of broken some trust, and I think as a as a defence secretary, you've got some difficult questions to answer then. But however, I, I share his fears. I have to say, sure, yeah, um, you know. So, so there is t- there's two sides to this story. But the, the, the more generally, the Tories, of course, are in are, are in. A sticky situation last week on the show, which has prompted this chat really, um, got me thinking. You know, Steve pretty much predicted the the, the breakup, short to long term, of sorry, medium to long term, of the Conservative Party and the Labour Party. Mm-hmm. I think more short term, it's the Tories that are probably more danger of that because, especially ahead of the Euro elections, with the likes of Farage, um, you know, getting getting some traction and polling well um, again. So we've just been talking about the polling, and we're, I think we talk about thirty-four percent people are back in this hard Brexit. Well, that's not a majority. Maybe we shouldn't worry too much. But, but the but a lot of those voters are the voters that the Tories thought they'd got back from UKIP, who are now going again. It, it, I mean, how can the Tories survive, in your opinion? How, what do they need to do? Sure. So I think the first thing is this is an argument that's been threatening to tear the Tories apart for you know ah, years and years, decades so, and decades. Yeah, yeah. It's not a new argument. I think what is new now is they thought they'd won it. Yes. They thought they'd got control of it. Yeah, yeah. And actually, it's completely blown up all over again. I think. Yeah. And I don't want to talk about local elections too much, but as we record, people are going out to vote. And the grassroots activists and the Conservatives are angry. You know, you had all those associations last week um, who want to try and force Theresa May to resign. Mm -hmm. So the grassroots aren't happy. Mm. The MPs aren't happy. Mm. The ministers and cabinet aren't happy. The voters aren't happy. No one is happy. I mean, often during this this, uh, Brexit debate, we've talked about... The disconnect between the political class and the and the, and the people, mm-hmm. and so the, the grassroots Tories, the disconnect though between the grassroots Tories and the and the Tory yeah. uh, MPs is is vast in my opinion. Even even now, when the Tory MPs are wearing the mask of Brexit, say the majority were Remainers. Grassroots, I would say that there is there is a, a gulf of difference there. Yeah. So. Is, the, is this a party that is doomed because their MPs don't actually represent their, their people, their, their foot soldiers? If they're, if they're not doomed as a party, then they're going to change dramatically as a party. Mm. So if the Conservatives are going to continue, I think we're going to see a quite dramatic move to the right. Say if we had a general election tomorrow, if they put up all their current you know, people, mm. then I think it would be an absolute wipeout. Because mm. like you say... The, the people on the ground don't support those MPs despite them saying that they're now strident leavers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it just doesn't sit well, does it, it, for those people? It doesn't, um, but if they were to suddenly find from somewhere a raft of candidates who were like, realistically leavers and could demonstrate that, then I think that would bring over back more of the kind of hesitant voters who might vote, vote for the likes of Nigel Farage. And do you think that the people, do you think that those more centre ground, more centrist Tory MPs are perhaps not at this stage willing to, to take on the likes of Boris and Rhys Mogg, who are more to the right of the party, because they fear 
more than anything else, Tories fear losing power, of course. Mm -hmm. So they're willing to just hold their nose and, and let the party lurch more to the right just in order to in order to get over you know get get over the be first past the post yeah at the moment definitely but i do think we've seen a change in that in the last kind of six or 12 months where mm -hmm. you do have more and more tory mps who are kind of coming out and saying look i do support leave now whether that's true or not yeah but i don't support leave that boris jacobs etc are kind of selling us so they're trying. I'm not 100% sure it's working. No. And, I mean, I'm probably not as... Um, I, 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 Steve is very clear that he thinks that both Labour and the Tories are, are likely to, to split, and oh, their vote is likely to split, um, and they will become less less powerful. We'll perhaps have these... There's perhaps room now in, in the political spectrum for another couple of parties. I think he's particularly talking about some kind of Farage vehicle and Change UK, the Siggers, the independent group, whatever the chuff they call themselves from one day to the next. And I think that is, that is certainly true. There certainly is room in the centre for, for Change UK. I think that the Tories will, will get over Brexit by hook or by crook, whatever way. And those voters that will use a protest vote to some extent in, in things like the Euro elections and perhaps in the local elections, uh, are less likely, I would suggest, to do that in a general election because... Um, the I think, are higher. Yeah, and when it comes to it, does you know are you better lending your support as a, as a, a capitalist right-winger to a Tory party that might stand in the way of Jeremy Corbyn becoming Prime Minister or lending it to uh, you know a one a one policy party in the shape of the Brexit Party or whatever. I mean, is that something you would agree with? Yeah, I do agree. I don't. I don't think we're going to necessarily see the Tories split into two separate parties. No. But I do think there's going to have to be dramatic changes, and the argument's far from over. So, do you think in that case then that? That we're perhaps being sold a dummy with the Far with Farage's uh, Always. Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> he is a dummy. Yeah. Um, no, but I mean, because Change UK, that sort of you know, like it or love it, is 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 steeped in Blairism as far as I can yes. as far as I can see, and it will attract it will attract Tories, mm -hmm. um, you know, left lefty left wing Tories or left of the party Tories and right of the party Labour. Um, it will attract those people. So if if and there's every likelihood Boris Johnson, for example, is the next Tory leader, yeah. and say Brexit goes through and it's perhaps that soft uh, nod towards a customs union that Labour are asking for, um, between you know that agreement can get through, and we do we do get it over the line in that sense, and then Boris starts to campaign to harden it and make it something else. Can you see more people go into... Do you think the bigger threat for the Tories then is Change UK rather than Brexit? Uh, the Brexit party is what I'm saying. In that situation that you've described, yeah. And don't you think that's the most likely situation we're going to find ourselves in? I think it probably is because I think, you know, as ever, Nigel Farage is um, campaigning on one issue, despite what he says. You know, yeah. he's putting candidate up in Peterborough, isn't he? Well, on, on yeah. what? What's the, what grounds? Yeah. Um, so I think because when the, when UKIP did try and do other policies, they tended to trip themselves up. Yes, they? I mean, they we make the circle line a circle again. Yes, well. and um, what was it? taxi drivers to dress smartly, <laughs> make rail travel glamorous. <laughs> so maybe they should just stick to that one policy. Uh, um, so yeah, I think. But the problem, the challenge for Change UK is going to be um, convincing people that they're a credible party and that it's worth 
going over to them. Mm. Um, you know, it's MPs. You yeah, mean. MPs, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, the foreign voters actually as well. You know, it, it, you might you might have some big names, but until voters are kind of convinced that you've got a chance, you haven't really got that much. Um, do you think do, we're sort of veering off the off the topic a little bit now? But do you think they've picked the right interim leader? <laughs> I do. Yeah. I do. I like her. I think she's good. Yeah, I like her too. And I, I was surprised. You know, I think we all thought it was going to be Chucker. Chucker. Um, so I was surprised. And do you think Chucker thought it was going to be Chucker? Yeah, definitely. 100%. <laughs> um, so I, I, I was pleasantly surprised. I don't think she's the wrong interim leader. I just think it's kind of yet to be seen what's going to happen. Why do we need an interim leader? Well, I don't know. It's like they all had an argument about, you know... Who was going to be leader? And you so do you, are, you are. You are. You are. I think it was probably. A, it might be their. Um, I think she. I think she might be their best. I, I would. I would give her the leadership and say go for it. I think she. Uh, I, think, I, think I think she's I good think on camera. I think she's got some good points. I think it's better that it's someone coming from the Tories. Yeah. Than coming from Labour. Well, I think it was better that way round than it being Chucker because Chucker had all the press, all the limelight, and it uh-huh. was easy to think this is just the Chukaramuna show so I'd watch that though wouldn't you yeah I would Saturday night ITV the Chukaramuna it just screams ITV (laughs) to me the Chukaramuna show (laughs) and who would his guests be oh first week first week could be anyone couldn't it you well get you on yeah yeah yeah. top of the list yeah me second on the list I'm sure many people are watching this show (laughs) I think that pilot might be the last uh, last you just say it was on ITV the Chukka Ramuna show maybe it's an online only Jerry, it's always a great pleasure to speak to you of course I've set you a little task. Yes, you have. Yeah, off you go. I see you've pro- made promises <laughs> that I may not be able to keep. Well, you know, I, you, all you've got to do is find the people I asked you to find, interview them, bring me back some lovely interview for audio for the pod next week. I suppose it is my job. <laughs> Thanks again. Brexiteer of the Week. Welcome back, Steve. It is time to crown a Brexiteer of the Week. It is. Let's start with uh, John Rhys-Davis. Yes. Now, we record this on a... Th- I'm breaking this. This is oh, on a secret We record this on a Thursday. No, we do it live. And it comes out on a Friday. We do it live. We do it live. It's In your live. ears now. If, if you're, you're listening, listening to it... it yeah, it's live now. We're doing it now. Right now. Um, we don't. We record it on a Thursday afternoon and then we put it out on a Friday morning and it means that we miss question time um, so o- so often uh, yeah I know uh, but often we, so I, but I need, we need to talk about last week's question time uh, which featured question, question time game John Reese davis no go on well you pick a phrase yes or you pick I think each of you pick five phrases right and then if and if the, for the other person oh okay and then every time that phrase is said you have to take and I'm a clothing off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's strip. strip. I thought it was going to be a drinking strip game. Strip question time. Strip You've got to be drunk time. to even suggest it. Excellent. You never played that? No, I've not played it, no. Tonight's, Tonight's the night. Tonight's. Tonight's the night. I once won with a brilliant um, with a brilliant phrase. I can't remember exactly which phrase it was now, but it was a, it was when it was when the Tories were in full Brexit means Brexit mode and it was something along those lines. Oh, okay. Imagine if Imagine if Chloe Wesley was on and you had we need to voted to take back control of our laws, our borders and our money. I think you just got to start making <laughs> just be 
<laughs> but she gets that out of the way in the first ten seconds of everything, doesn't she? Bless what? her, it is her catchphrase. Watching Question Time. It's like Hello Snowflakes is my catchphrase. Yeah, that yeah. is her catchphrase, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovely yeah. quote. We've not been invited on Question Time, have we? Not yet, no. If we do, I'll do it. Actually, I'm not going to say that because some wag somewhere will get imagine me. If you, imagine if you started taking your clothes off every time you said your own catchphrases. <laughs> imagine if I was on Question Time and we were playing it and I had to start skipping Yeah, exactly. Off. That's what I mean. It'd be brilliant. That would enliven Question Time. Anyway, Question Time. Yeah. Uh, John Rhys Davis then. Uh, he played... Gimli, who I'm led to believe is yeah. a warrior dwarf. Warrior dwarf. Uh, and he also was the voice of Treebeard. Tree, in, which is a tree. Is that like my beard? <laughs> that's that's neck tree beard. neck beard. Tree neck beard. Is neck beard a bad thing? In Lord of the Rings? Well, I think it is a bad thing. Can you are trendier than me. Well, I just... I don't know. I, I struggle to. I, I struggle to control my neck beard, but I, don't. I just do... The reason I've got a beard is I can't be It's like an underbeard, isn't it? It's like an undercroft. Um, anyway, um, um, wild man, and John Reese Davis. So he's on Question Time, and it, it made you root for old Sauron, didn't it? Um, who I think <laughs> had quite a bad deal. Uh, he, did you see it? He, Caroline Lucas was talking about Donald Trump. He yelled "old oh, woman" at her in his sort of sub blessed voice. Uh, and, then he, and then he ranted on Vince Cable was on the panel yeah. so Lucas and Vince Cable and he basically said you have betrayed democracy uh, three minute Brexit ran he said MPs would reap the whirlwind which is sort of the, the cool headed talk that we need now when politicians are getting punched in the street uh, and, um, and it reminded me of something that John Reese davis says in Lord of the Rings, although it didn't really remind me because I don't like Lord of the Rings and no. I've not really watched them. Um, but, in, but in Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, which I think is the middle one, isn't it? I think I actually did watch some of this one. Um, Gandalf says, we've got to go and do this. And he says, oh, certainty of death, small chance of success. What are we waiting for? And I just thought, that is a <laughs> Brexit, isn't it? Uh, another person who appears on Question Time a lot is Claire Fox. Yeah. Foxy from the Institute of um, of um, Foxes. Ideas. Oh yeah, uh, she's standing for Nigel Farage's Brexit Party, That's right. Northwest England constituency. Yeah, not a great idea because that constituency includes Warrington, doesn't it? Does uh, and Claire Fox, who you'll know from Question Time, she's on Sky a lot. Yeah, Moral Maze. If you listen to yeah, that on she's Radio Four, yeah. she's on that a lot. Um, you ever played strict Moral Maze? And uh, no. no. <laughs> Take an item of clothing off every time Claire Fox says something stupid. Uh, you would be nude within seconds. Uh, I'm clipping that out. Nude within seconds. Uh, and back in March 1993, Claire Fox, who's standing in northwest England uh, constituency, which includes Warrington, uh, she was a leading member then of the Revolutionary Communist Party in March 1993, and that was when an IRA bomb exploded in uh, Warrington, which is in Cheshire. Uh, it killed Jonathan Ball, three years old. It killed Tim Parry, who's 12 years old. And the Revolutionary Communist Party, a few days later, thought it would be a good idea to, to publish a newsletter defending, uh, and I'm quoting here, the right of the Irish people to take whatever me- measures necessary in their struggle for freedom. so Here uh, is a tip. If they are extremists, leave them alone. Yeah. Just steer clear of the extremities of politics. So there you go. But then, you know, Claire Fox, you know, she, she the other week she was saying that the government, you know, although she 
disagrees with these things, as all right-thinking people do. She's very worried about what would happen if the government banned people from watching child abuse videos and jihadi videos mm. online. And mm. you know, I mean, the, you know. Anyway, so I hope she enjoys her uh, defending that um, that revolutionary communist party newsletter uh, during her uh, campaign. Um, Tony Parsons. Tony Parsons, yeah. I quite like Tony Parsons. I've met Tony Parsons. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's, yeah. he's a very nice man. I completely disagree with him on Brexit. Yeah. And I don't like his sub column very much. No. I mentioned him in this because um, I, he has joined this. There's a growing band of Brexiteers, isn't there, who were saying, actually, if it's going to be like this, we shouldn't really have Brexit at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick Ferrari... Yeah. Uh, is one yeah. Daniel Hannan is sort of yeah. I don't even know how to pronounce Daniel Hannan it's Daniel Hannan isn't it really yeah but, you say Hannan it's a bit Hanan. like me and Burkow Burkow Kofi Hannan yeah um, um, you're making him seem more exotic yeah yeah exactly so uh, he wrote this week in the Sun on Sunday which I thought was, was quite a breakthrough. He said they can keep their fake Brexit. I'd rather we stayed inside the EU and run the thing. Well, exactly. Yeah. Me too. That, that was what I was kind Me of arguing too, totally. for from the beginning. Well, that doesn't, that's not why he's in Brexiteer of the Week. No. He's in Brexiteer of the Week because he took his readers on a journey to get ah, them there. Did he? And it started with this. He said, in the 1970s, what was the slogan of Stiff Records? Do you know this? So Stiff Records had Elvis Costello, they yeah. had Ian Jury, yeah. they had all sorts of good uh, people, Nick Lowe, etc., yeah. etc., yeah, and yeah. their slogan was... Oh, buy our records. No, oh. the slogan was, if it ain't stiff, it's not worth the Yeah. Okay, which is a good slogan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he, Tony Parson, noted this, and he said, I have grown to feel exactly the same way about Brexit. As Stiff Records suggested, you need blood-gorged <laughs> conviction. Oh, what, ter- what uh, Theresa May and Jeremy Corbyn are offering is a limp, flaccid, embarrassingly oh. droopy little Brexit. Oh. And I just wondered whether, <laughs> you know, as is common with so many men of his age, <laughs> is Tony Parsons suffering from Ibrex-style <coughs> uh, dysfunction? That's yes, he probably word. is. Well, so the Brexiteer of the week yeah. is, like Claire Fox, she's a lady who's standing oh. for the Brexit Lady. party. It's Anne Widdicombe. No. And I have had great fun this week um, uh, reading Anne Widdicombe's uh, columns in the Daily Express yes, because yes. when she announced her candidacy <clears throat> last week, Adam Bolton, who I love, said, You're always on these, uh, I do love him, mm. um, uh, like a, yeah, in a brotherly way. Um, well, he was very rude to, to Ruth, and we both like Ruth. Oh, he was rude to Ruth, yeah, actually, I don't love him, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, um, but Adam Bolton said, Can we, because you're always on reality TV shows, can we take you seriously? Are you a serious politician? And he yeah. said, well, of course I am. I write a column every week in the Daily Express. <laughs> and I thought, what a funny old world it is when you can actually say, I'm a serious politician, I write in the Daily Express. And, of course, she writes opposite people like the Brexit Dalek, Leo McKinstry, Freddie Forsyth, uh, Richard Madeley, all, the, all the, the real heavyweights here. So I've been through a few Anne Widdicombe um, uh, uh, columns. Yes. Uh, March 13th, she was talking about Amber Rudd mm. and saying that she shouldn't be cens- uh, censured for using the word coloured yeah. to describe black people. She said, uh, most of us use language which is the product of our generation. That chap in the woodpile still causes trouble for a certain age group. Uh, when I was growing, that chap in the woodpile, do you know what I mean? I mean, why even put this in a column? 
She said, when I was growing up, gay was an adjective you applied to Easter bonnets. A slut was a slovenly woman whose house was dirty. Oh, not that again. This is my particular <laughs> favourite. And a glory hole was a cupboard under the stairs full, filled with junk. Well, you know. Uh, well, well, as I found out on Celebrity Big Brother, it has a slightly less homely meaning now. <laughs> well, that's true, but you know what? A, a few, what, 18 months ago when I was, uh, not a year ago, I when I was moving heard. flats, when I was moving flats a year ago, I, look, I looked at a house which, which said on the listing no, that it had got a glory hole. glory hole. Yeah. Well, there you go. And that house is now yours. Um... <laughs> uh, <laughs> January the 30th, 2019. She's quite sensitive about the overweight. She used to be a larger lady herself, didn't she? And so she's very sensitive about the overweight. We should be saying to the hugely obese, take out your own health insurance, pay for more than one seat on a plane if you need it, make your own vast clothes, and if you find all that too costly, vast clothes, and if you find all that too costly, then stop stuffing your face. Um, well, I would. I mean, I'm a very, I'm a very slight gentleman. I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm very lucky that I can eat lasagna and beans all day long. Yeah, you and can, not, and, and, and it's on the menu. Today. Yeah, you can. It's on the menu today. Um, and and I and I will not put anywhere. I'm very very lucky, and um, and so I would never ever make fun or poke fun at anyone for being overweight. But I would also buy two seats on a plane yeah. if I could afford it, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop stuffing your face, though. She also said the House of Commons was... I make my own clothes, too. She had solidarity with her, fa- uh, with her fellow female politicians. She said, what the, what's wrong with the House of Commons is that we have too many dense flibbity gibbets in it. Oh, that's brilliant, flibbity gibbets. Uh, like it. January the 16th, yes. Alice Soubry, no one liked to see that, did they, when she was all harassed no, and jostled on the way yeah, to the House of Commons? Yeah, super uh, oh, and, and Winnicombe didn't have a problem with oh, it. No. She should take it like a man. The photos which appeared in the press don't look as if she's being threatened, and indeed in some of the photos she's smiling. She should stop complaining that it was all because she's a woman. Men get Barrett and jostled too. This is my personal favourite, December the 16th. This is Anne's Christmas speech. Imagine Anne. The alternative Christmas speech. Instead of the Queen. December the 26th, 2018. Full of festive cheer, Anne. Some poor mites will have had a rotten Christmas. Yeah. Perhaps their parents got drunk and rowed, or they were <laughs> abused by a family member, oh, wow. or they were injured in a terrible accident, or Granny died on Christmas Eve. I only pray that 2019 will bring them some happiness. <laughs> Is that her intro? That's a, yeah, 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 I wouldn't open with it. August the 22nd, 2018. Oh, my birthday. What did she serve up as a birthday treat for me last year? Then I uh, missed it. It was when V.S. Nepal, the uh, the author, died. And yes. um, she wrote... And, of course, we found out that it wasn't... He was quite a, not a very nice man mm. after his death. Judge them by their art, not by their acts. Right. Uh, and then she got fully into a stride. William Golding wrote Lord of the Flies, but after his death... Uh, it emerged that he'd once tried to rape a teenager. Rolf Harris entertained a whole nation. Wait a minute, he's not dead. Uh, but we all know, but he did admit it. Um, but we all know what he did. Uh, V.S. Paul admitted to beating his mistress so badly uh, that she could not leave the house. The work of all of these people will live on, however ghastly their deeds, and that is how it should be. <laughs> no, well, I isn't. do quite like Wagner. No, it isn't. And then we'll get to the... This is the nub of the matter yeah, now, yeah, I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. May the 30th, I mean, well, why is the, the last year, why is May resonating with you? Uh, the Irish abortion referendum. Ah. 
The losers in the Irish abortion referendum were not members of the No campaign, but the thousands of unborn children who now have no civil rights and no legal protection. Mm. That it was an exercise in democracy is beyond doubt, So, but so was the election of Hitler. So that's Anne Widdicombe equating the liberalisation of abortion law with Nazism. And uh, April the 25th, 2018, uh, Meghan Markle uh, gets it in the neck for supporting gay rights. Royals don't support rights, they support plights. That's what Diana did with the victims of AIDS, and very effective she was too. Rights are the victim, are the business of politicians and pressure groups, and never more so than when they are controversial. And that's the problem, isn't it? Because Anne Widdicombe thinks that gay rights and mm. these things are controversial. Gay rights, gay marriage, it's just is human rights, controversial, and a woman's right to choose isn't controversial. It's not controversial to say we would, shouldn't use racist language, and it's not controversial to say we shouldn't see the works of Rolf Harris on TV. And now we know that he's a, a child abuser, and it's not controversial to think that being obese might not be all your own fault, or to think that the Amasubri should be allowed to get into the House of Commons unimpeded by idiots shouting in her ear. I'll and, tell you something that's controversial. Yeah? Anne Widdicombe should f*** off. <laughs> and that is why she is the Brexiteer of the week. Talking about Rolf Harris, you do know that one of our we have we do, believe it or not, there are some people who work behind the scenes on the pod. There are. Well, yeah. there's one. There's one. He's got a Rolf Harris painting. Has he? Has, has, has he had it valued recently? <laughs> he was telling me the other day. Oh dear! Can you tell what it is yet? It's a uh, massive waste of money, Peter. It is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> he thought he was so clever. Um, what should the listener do right now? Uh, you could go to our crowdfunder, which is at steadyhq.com, uh, search for the New European, and you can pledge some money to stop uh, Brexit and continue our work to do that. Uh, you can join our readers group on Facebook, the New European Readers, or just like us on Facebook. Go to Twitter, uh, and uh, you can follow us on Twitter, at the New European. If you really want to, you can follow me on Twitter, at Sanglesey. Or you can follow me at Porridge, P-O-R-R-I-T-T, and if you do, you might see some other crazy nights out with me and Steve. (laughs) That was the New European Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. It means the absolute world to us. If you haven't already, go and buy the paper. It's £2.50. It is out now. It's another stonker. I'm bound to say that, aren't I? Try it out for yourselves. The front cover's superb. There's lots of politics, there's lots of Brexit, but there's also lots of arts and culture as well. It really is a smashing read, week in and week out. We will be back next week. Until then, Mr Campbell, play your bagpipes. Here you go. I'm sorry, I can't dilly-dally. I have a picture that it's framing. <laughs> <laughs> and I shall have hummus. <laughs>